Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Kyle King. Kyle bowled collegiately at Robert Morris University. Kyle was a two-time member of Junior Team USA and most recently was selected to be on Team USA. So, Kyle, Tim Berg and Coach K, Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, Kyle, I guess let's begin with the process that led up to you bowling so well in Vegas. We know it's always a grind out there on the five days, five different patterns. But really, take us back to how things were able to really come together for you in Vegas and ultimately lead to you making Team USA. Well, I got back from Chicago um, after graduating from Robert Morris University. I got I got back about eight to nine months ago back here in Arizona. And... Um, when I when I first got back, I was working hard with um, a couple different people, um, and uh, they I, my game was pretty much in shambles at that point because when I was my last year at Robert Morris, I wasn't I wasn't bowling for the team. I was just going there for school. I had too much uh, I had too many things I had to do with, with the school. I was getting uh, two degrees, and then I also had internships I was doing. Um, so I decided to focus on that. And it kind of took me away from being able to bowl anything competitive. So I was basically out of the bowling scene in terms of competitive bowling for about nine, ten months there. And then I kind of jumped right back into it, and I kind of realized that I needed to really work. I needed to work ten times harder than I ever had. And uh, I worked really hard with um, Jim Pratt, Andrew Kane, um, Stuart, Stuart Williams, and... Um, couple other people that uh can't name them all I, I worked with a lot of i had a lot of people helping me out willing to help me and stuff and uh so i worked really hard i was you know practicing a lot working on different things getting everything sharp um that was about you know eight months led of that and i continuously saw progress so it kept my um built build my confidence a little bit and i went into team trials without any like really any expectations to kind of just said you know what i'm gonna bowl I'm going to bowl the best of my abilities, and if I if I do that, then you know everything will everything that that should happen will happen. I took the tournament as more of a marathon type thought process as opposed to sprints, even though the tournament is really more so about like like it's more by sprints than it is a marathon. But I I kept my head into it, and I bowled extremely well the third day. That was probably the best day I had bowled. Um, that I finished in the. I believe the top 10, I believe finished 10th to be, to be exact. And that moved me up all the way into like, that moved me up to 19th overall. And then the next day, um, I shot a, I bowled really well again. We bowled on the two, it was both long pattern days. And the really interesting thing about me bowling well on those two days was my biggest, um, issue typically was bowling on the longer patterns and bowling some of the stuff, Back home, we bowled on a couple of the longer patterns, and I had been struggling on them. So I really worked hard with um, with Stu, Stewart, and Jim on uh, working on getting my ball speed to be able to get down and being able to be um, softer overall to be able to allow the ball to to read the pattern a little bit easier. Because I felt because a lot of my issues was because I was throwing it too far down the lane. I was throwing it way too fast, 
And so we worked on, I worked on that for about a month of just doing it like three, four times a week, like having practice sessions dedicated just to that. And then I would have practice sessions where I go between, um, I go between my normal speed and my slower speed. And, um, it naturally brought my ball speed down a little bit, which I needed to do anyway. And so by doing that, it really allowed me to bowl well in those days. And so the fourth day I finished, I think it was 13th and that put me into 11th overall. So I was, um, so I knew I had, if I could have one good day the last day, I would, you know, I would have a chance. And I was, uh, I started off really, really uh, strong the last day. I was about, about 140 over after four. I was in the top, top 10 for the day and I was in fifth overall at that point. But the problem was is that I had to, um, I was throwing urethane out and the pattern broke down on the, on the next, on the fifth game, we went to a pair and the pattern broke down to the point to where I really needed to, I had to get out of it. I knew as soon as I threw shots, I had to get out of it. And, um, I went to reactive and I ended up shooting 190, uh, clean 190. And then I shot, um, 210 the last game, which it didn't, it ended up not dropping me many spots. But the big issue was that everybody that I had passed currently had bowled a pretty good game. And, and with the positions that they were, they jumped me without me really being able to do anything. I couldn't gain the amount of ground that they could. So I was kind of in a spot to where I was just trying to make sure I didn't like kind of kill myself. <laughs> and then, but like, I was still trying to, you know, get some score and, and increase my position, but it, it, uh, it ended up being to the point to where I had really no control over it at, at the very end. And I ended up finishing a uh, night for the tournament. And then I got to sit around for about, three and a half, four hours and waited out and then heard my name called. And the, uh, the feeling was about as incredible. Like it's something you can't really describe if that, like it just was being able to, um, know that I'm able to represent the country and being able to walk into bowling centers now with proudly being able to say that I'm, you know, that I am representing the country and, um, and bowling is something that I always, I have dreamed about. Um, I had accomplished it in 2013. Um, and then I had a couple times where I was on the junior team, but I would have to say this was the best feeling of uh, an accomplishment for myself that I've ever had with um, all the struggles I had to get through to get to that point. So that's, uh, that's the main that's- thing that I would take away from that. That's pretty cool. Now you you were talking about working a little bit. You said it was Stu and Jim. Was that is that Stu Williams? Stuart Williams. Yes. I'm sorry. And, and then Jim and Pratt. Jim, yeah. And Jim Pratt. Okay. Okay. And uh, so are they pretty steady, like constant? Uh, you know, as far as like uh, steady coaches and pretty big influences uh, well, well, uh, in your game. Or? I bowl league. Yeah, I, I bowl league with Stu. So like I'm constantly okay. we're constantly around each other. So he's constantly like like. Mm. He's more of um he was more of there for me to like say I think you need to add this into my game and then like I would just and then we would we would, he's like my he, we practice together all the time so me and him kind of work work on things together and whatnot and he helps me out a lot and uh, he helps me visualize things and he he definitely understands the things I need to incorporate into my game and then Jim's really good at being able to help me on getting it there like basically um what i the process to get it there easier and so with those two helping me as much as they do because 
every time I'm practicing, Jim's there, and every time and and Stu's usually there too. Like I'm, every time I practice, like I'm pretty much practicing with Stu, and Jim's there as well, watching. And so it's it's really nice to like if I'm having like a kind of an off day, they can one of them can kind of say, "Hey, it looks like you're kind of doing this compared to this." And that's mainly is the is the thing about it is that they're just allowing to be sharper and whatnot. And then um, another huge takeaway I would have to say, and I have to thank him for this, is that. Uh, with um, Jordan Asperg asking me to be assistant coach at ASU and uh, ah. being able to talk with him on some things, um, being able to help coach others has helped me a ton in terms of incorporating things in my own game. And uh, seeing the lane as a coach as opposed to a player is um, really eye-opening and things that I see as a coach I never saw as a player. And so I, I can't thank him enough for allowing me to help him out and be a part of the program and learning to coach from him and whatnot and everything that he's done. Um, so that, that was another big um, thing that helped me out was helping, helping the kids out and help, helping them work on their game. And I kind of realized things I need to work on. And, uh, and it kind of, it kind of kept me um, honest with myself because I can't sit there and tell somebody that this is what they need to work on and know that I need to work on it. So it made me work even that much harder. And then, so it was kind of a, kind of a interesting little outlook on bowling was uh, being a coach and helping coach that coach the program. So that really helped me out as well. And then I'm glad to be able to help them as well. Kyle, you bring up coaching. You're also doing some coaching with the ASU bowling team. So why don't you talk about what you're doing with them? I mean, from what I recall, they have a team that's some younger guys and then uh, you know a good mix of, of younger players and then your more experienced guys. Am I correct? And then what are you doing to help those guys out? Right. Well, I mean, um, what I have them do a lot is, um, is like, I, I just take – I do it more so on tournament base. So um, – with working with like uh, Russ Zwieg, Matthew Zwieg, um, Russ Soviet, Chase Nadu, um, and then the new the new kids Josh, um, Josh and William, is that uh, I try to take and look at who's the most pins at in, in terms of tournaments, and I tell them that like for example I've been really really harping on um, I've been really harping on fair shooting is one of the things. And I, and I tell them, I say, if you, I, I gave them a, a statistic. One of the years that a Robert Morris I shot at my spare, my single pin per, percentage was at 92%. It was terrible. It was one of the worst spare shootings I've ever had, like in terms of a year. And another year it was um, 90, 97%. So a 5% difference. And then over, and I shot 400, around 400 single pins per, per year. So a 5% and 400, 20, 20 single pins, that was the difference. And then, um, you know, how many pins does that translate into? And, and it's right around, you know, it's right around 200 pins different. And so I try to explain to them how important it is to make it just to make the makeables because you're not going to leave a makeable every time. And um, so that was one of the things. Um, with some of the upperclassmen, I worked on them with um, specific things that they that they feel like that, that they lose ground on and like times of the tournaments that they are losing pins at. And like, uh, Russ, Russ is, um, I can't, I can't accredit Russ enough for how much of a student of the game he is because 
he is constantly going like looking at things that he uh he does wrong or doesn't not, not necessarily do wrong but but times of the times of the day in a tournament where he struggles and it's typically in the middle of um a transition slash the end of a tournament and one of the things that I brought up to him was I said you know one thing that's really helped me out in that situation has been getting my ball speed down he's a good a little bit harder anyway so he's been working his his butt off to get to be able to incorporate throwing it slower and getting going around the pattern a little bit more and it's and it's improved I think it's been uh very beneficial for him and uh so I just try and take what what I see that they lose the most pins at in the tournament and try and work on those weaknesses and try and uh and that's the main thing. So, like with the freshman, anyone that's a freshman, if anyone, if at any point their fair shooting seems suspect at all, we we work on fairs a lot, and they're going to be starting to work on. They're working on some spare drills and whatnot with Jordan and myself, and uh, so it's just. Um, so, I had a I had a spurt where my spare shooting was pretty poor at one point, and so I would do the spare drills with them and say like, "Look, I'm doing it with you guys. Like, I know it's not fun." but it will make you better. And, and it, and it kind of keeps and that kind of, that's kind of an example with everything. And that's another thing when I, when I talked to Russ about working on throwing it slower and made me want to work harder on getting, getting that down as well to be able to try and help him out uh, working on it as well. When he needs to get his ball speed a little bit lower, it, um, it, it really helps me be able to help him when I can get it down quicker myself. I can give him better tips on it. So by, um, by knowing that I have an obligation to help them out, I, I actually have helped myself out in a, in a weird, it kind of feels like it's selfish and selfless at the same time. It's kind of a weird concept because I'm working on my game to get better, but also to be able to help them out with their games. So it's kind of a cool thing that, uh, kind of a cool thing I'm a part of and I, and I can't be more thankful to be a part of it. Hey, kind of expanding on the coaching a little bit, you know, you were talking about Jordan Asberg. We've had him before on our Storm Collegiate Spotlight, a terrific coach. And uh, you've got uh, you've got Arizona very uh, very well represented here for Team USA this year too. It looks like with Andrew Kane and, and Jacob. Is that uh, what, what have you guys got going on down there? Kind of special as far as coaching wise goes in Arizona. <laughs> uh, you know they the it's. It, Arizona is a very unique place in terms of bowling because there, the tournaments that we bowl, there's not the entries aren't as good as as anyone wants them, but the competition with those entries is I can I'll take to any other state and compete against. I mean the the amount of talent in Arizona is un, in my opinion is pretty unmatched for the amount of bowlers that go to a tournament. There's there's definitely hardly any. Um, there's there's hardly any bowler that bowls a scratch event that isn't um has the opportunity to win. Every single one that bowls it has the opportunity to win, and um and knowing that if knowing that you have to be able to be on your game at every single tournament is is something that makes you work harder in practice and makes you um try and get advice. And I and I'm one of those people that I don't have a set group that I are set person I, I go to when it comes to um, any type of advice. I like to try and gather as much advice as I can and pick out the parts I feel are best for myself. So being able to have so much knowledge in Arizona, 
people like Andrew Kane, Jacob, Stuart Williams, um, you know, Jordan, uh, Jim Pratt. It's something that um, Dave Strigliano, I've, I, he, he's worked with me as well. You know, it's just, it's something that's unmatched and I can go, you know, I can drive 30 minutes anywhere and, and practice with somebody and, and learn something. And it's something I, I, I hold precious about bowling that every single day that you go on the lanes, you can learn something. And if you don't learn something, it's not a very good practice. So I try to learn something new every single time I go out on the lanes. And well, I feel like if I learn something and I can get better from it, it really it uh, is a success in my opinion. So. And Kyle, the, cool. other, the other thing I notice around here, bowling tournaments, is they're all on, on kego patterns or sport patterns or PBA patterns. It's yeah. not a typical house patterns where someone's going to shoot 300 over or 350 over, and it makes you really work at it. So when you go bowl pro events and you bowl these bigger tournaments, it's not you're not too big, and you know, you know you're used to bowling on stuff that isn't super easy and walled up. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, then, and then they also have you know, other events, like in the summer, they'll have like, you know, King of the Hill event that, um, that's on a very high scoring pattern. So, um, it's actually, I think it's a very good balance in some of the, uh, because a lot of the bigger tournaments are obviously on the harder stuff, but then you have the smaller, the more local localized tournaments that are on, that are on patterns that you got to strike a lot. So it can, it, it definitely gets you to understand the mindset of, you know, understanding what the pace is and understanding what, you, what is, uh, needed. And like, and when it's, you know, when you're on, when you bowl like any of the bigger events, like, you know, Team USA trials and, you know, the US Open and like other pro events, they're, they're the patterns aren't easy, but the, but those guys are striking. Someone's going to hit it. So being able to, um, understand the, the mode of striking and then on, also understand the mode of getting out of this game with 190 is a good thing is something that has really helped me. I had a, so many times out at trials where I could have, if it was me a year ago, I would have shot probably 160 in those games, but I was able to shoot 20190 those games. And I can, I can accredit that strictly to just the events bowling in Arizona and all the, um, the help I've received. And, um, just by being through those situations and experiencing it and understanding what I have to do mentally to be able to keep myself in it is, um, has definitely been a big factor in uh, my recent success. Hey, question I've got for you. Uh, what kind of advice do you have? Now, you went to Robert Morris University, but mm-hmm. you, you know, you're in Arizona here. What kind of advice do you have for a, a younger person trying to select the right program or university to go bowl college? Well, um, the, the, the one thing that I will always say to somebody that's going to bowl for college is, you're there to um, you're there to get a education, and um, the, you need to do something that educational wise will make you happy and something that you want to be able to pursue because not everyone's going to be able to make it on on tour, and you've got to be able to have the uh, you know you've got to you've got to be able to have a mindset of getting an education and understand you're a student athlete and. Um, so I think for me that I would suggest to anyone first would be make sure it has the education that you want. And then if it has that, then make sure, then, then, you know, look at the environment and, and tell yourself, will I grow as both a bowler and a person in it? And, uh, if that, if all three of those are yes, then it sounds like that's, and that sounds like to me that that's the right place. And that's kind of what I felt with RMU was, 
I, uh, the reason I went to RMU, I had a lot of good friends that went there. It had my degree. It had an ability for me to get done with the degree earlier than a normal one would. Um, it was, it was only going to take me three years to complete my, my first degree. And I ended up completing two, two different, two different bachelor degrees and two different, um, two different, uh, fields. And I was able to do it in a four year span. So I thought that was something very unique and what kind of drew me to the program. And then obviously the bowling and knowing, and knowing that I'd be competing for a national championship every single year was, uh, pretty much the deal breaker. And um, made me, it just it made it made the move that much better, that much easier, and I don't regret it at all. So back in 2011, you were part of the uh, team all events champions yourself, uh, Andrew Kane. Yep. Uh, just to mention a few a few folks from that team. Talk about some of the changes going on with USBC Open Championship, which begins here in a little less than a month, or right around a month. You know, from the you know the lack of pattern knowledge to the uh, equipment regulations and what you know how many pieces you can bring with you, et cetera, and even the you know cracking down on some folks videoing and doing the live stream. Yeah, know. they're uh they're cracking down on that, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Um, they're they are uh the way that the way that they're making it sound is that they're wanting to make it as fair as possible for no matter what day you go up there and bowl, which is very understandable. Um I'm not a I'm not a very I mean personally I'm not a fan of it cuz it doesn't benefit me at all. Um just myself thing is that um in in my opinion that uh most of the um not necessarily the better players but a lot of the a lot of the teams that bowl well are always bowling the the, the later blocks or the later times of the year it's um you kind of know you're, you're at a disadvantage if you go there first um and uh for me it's it's kind of like it's it's such a hard thing to try and keep under control because word of mouth and people visualizing there to see it um, so for me, like with them not allowing any, cause they're not allowing any of the, uh, live streams and whatnot, correct? That's what, that's one of the big things that was, yes, they're not allowing any live stream. There will, yeah, yeah they so, used to do their live streams of the certain, you know, the certain teams of past champions and notable yeah. bowlers and that's gone by the wayside. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that, uh, I don't really feel is um gonna change a whole ton in terms of people figuring out what they need to do while they're out there but um i think it's a cool thing to try and do to make it the tournament more fair for everybody i think it's a very smart thing in a way for that but but, um it's something that in all reality how can you truly control it in a way and to make it as fair as possible would with that is um it's a very difficult task and they're they're doing all the, the steps i mean it's it's not like they're doing this on whims they've done a lot of meetings about it so they feel like this is the best scenario for that and you know it'll it'll be interesting to see how everything goes this year well great stuff kyle i want to thank you for joining us and uh, all the best uh-huh. of luck in your tournaments and um you know we'd love to have you back on again here soon i'd love to thank you for having me